and always a joy to be with Apostle Bright. Uh, it's an honor to be able to come and to minister the Word. We thank God every day for Pam. Uh, many of you know her as Mama Pam, uh, who her and her husband have done a great work here. We thank God for her. And then Pastor Allen, uh, who is our director for Rivers Edge International around the world. And then one of our board members that are here, Lauren Clark, who's a missionary and has an orphanage in Haiti. So we've got a good lineup for you guys this, this year. Amen. Now, how many of you do you understand English? Okay, one more time. Uh, you scared me there. How many of you understand English? Okay, now then, how many of you understand Texas English? <laughs> uh, Y'all sleeping this morning on me. Amen. Uh, I understand. I got jet lag. How many of the folks from uh, Sierra Delone here? Who's from Sierra? God bless you folks. We're glad. We're, we are delighted that you're here. Amen. Y'all stand up. Everybody from Sierra Delone, stand up. Amen. Come on, give them a big hand. God bless you. We are so honored for you to be here today. You can be seated. Is anybody here from Nigeria? From Nigeria? Come on, give them a big hand. God bless you guys. Anybody here from Kenya? Praise God. I tell you, we, we, it, it really is an honor for you men and women to be here uh, to this conference, and there'll be others coming. You know, the first day is always slow. Uh, we do a conference in, in Alabama, in the States, the first day is slow. That's why we always start off with a big meal. We have a big barbecue. You know why we do a big barbecue the first night? Everybody come to barbecue. Amen. Everybody likes a bar. You know what? Does that translate barbecue? Y'all know what barbecue is? That, not the same. It's a, a brisket that's got a lot of sauce on it, and it's real good. And uh, but uh, that's the best way I know to explain it. So the theme for the conference is discernment, right? Understanding. The, the time of discernment. I think that's very important. I love that theme, understanding God's timing. God has a time. A few days ago, and now it's a few weeks ago, I was praying, and I had the Lord to speak to me a word. Then he said, I want you to share that word with my people wherever you go. And I shared this with our church. I had the Lord to look at me while I was praying and I felt like he was looking at me because he was examining me. He said, stop trying to manipulate me. And I said, Lord, I didn't know I was trying to ma manipulate you. He said, you try all the time in your prayer to manipulate me. Lord, I'll do this if you will do that. Has anybody ever done that? And then he spoke to me and said, now, now tell my body to stop manipulating me, trying to manipulate me. Because there's, there's two things there. Number one, how many of you know we can never manipulate God? God is God. He sees right through to the heart. You know, one of the greatest examples that he gave to me when, when I was praying, 
is Job. Job tried to manipulate God. In the beginning, he was always praying, which praying is good. He was always offering sacrifices just in case his kids messed up. And, and he was always trying to manipulate God to keep things in order by offering sacrifice. How many of you know God said, I'd rather have your obedience than your sacrifice? The simple obedience. But then when we begin to do some self-examination, you say, well, why would you talk like this? Well, we're talking about discernment or knowing God's timing because if we don't understand that we can't manipulate God, we can't even manipulate his timing. Because God will do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. See, we always want God to do it on our time. My wife and I have planted three churches and, and I wanted every church to be way up here every time the first day we opened the church. How I many of you know it didn't happen that way? And, but yet we, I'd constantly say, God, why? You promised. God, how many of you here today feel like that you have a promise to a vision that God's given you? Let me see your hand. Now, number one, who gave the promise? And where did the vision come from? So you can't manipulate God to fulfill your vision that he's given you before the time he has allowed it to be fulfilled. See, God has a time that he works off of. His time is called eternity. Our time is called 24 hours, seven days a week, 30 to 31 days in a month, 12 months in a year, 365 days in a year. When we operate constantly off of that, when God op operates off of eternity, it may take him 40 years to get you in the place he wants you to be used. Then it may take him another 40 years to let you start doing what he called you to do. And then it may take him another 40 years, as in Moses' case, before you ever really get it done. But there's some things that we need to understand if we're going to discern God's timing in our life. See, we need to understand that God doesn't work off our time schedule. Somebody says, well, I'm too old. I'm, I'm 70 years old. When I was 57, God moved my wife and I from a very secure position to go plant a church in another state than where we lived. At 57, I constantly fuss with God. God, 57-year-old men don't plant churches. And God constantly told me, who told you that? See, now, if God promised, let me believe the Bible. Believe the Bible? Genesis 6, just go do it and read it. You've, you've already read it. You don't have to do it right now, but write it down. He said, my spirit will not always strive with man, but I will give him a hundred and twenty years. See, no matter where we live, if we belong to God, he's made us a promise physically of a hundred and twenty years. And if we take God's word at his word, then we have the time we need. If God's given you a vision, if you have heard from God, then you are able to discern his timing because his time clock is not yours. That's right. And you may not even be the one. Let me give you a little example. My forefathers, 
back to the 1700s were from Alabama. That's a state in the United States. Roll Tide. I probably don't relate here. They're the best college football in the United States. Anyway, not soccer, but football. But my ancestors, I've looked at their graves. God sent us back to Alabama in 2005. I went to this gravesite because my mother's folks were from this particular town. And my, one of my ancestors that were buried there in 17... 75 or 1785, I mean, way back. His name was James Harlan on my mother's side of the family, and he was a preacher. I'm standing there looking at his grave, and the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart. He said, you're going to get to fulfill what I promised him. Now, one other thing about discerning God's timing it may not be on your time and it may not be in your lifetime. See, Abraham, the Bible tells us, the writer of Hebrew in, in Hebrew 11, it said, he having seen these all in faith, having seen the promise of far off. What does that mean? That means they never laid hold on it. They just had the vision for it. You need to understand where you're at and what you're doing Maybe you just have the vision for the next generation. But now listen, this is where we struggle. We think God's going to do all that he wants to do in our lifetime. We think we are so important that if God's going to do it, it's got to be done with me in my generation. See, now remember, God's eternal. He moves from generation to generation to generation. Read the book of Genesis. Read about Abraham. Read about Isaac. Read about Jacob. Generation to generation to generation. So to discern and to adequately understand God's timing, you've got to remember in the vision that you're operating in, you're just operating in the space of time that God has allowed you to operate in. You're not. Take that index finger. That's, we call that an index finger. Point it at somebody and say it ain't all about you. Wow, that's amazing. Isn't it? You know, as apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, we think, man, it, man it's all about us. It's not. We, got a, we have a part to play, and all we have is a part. We're not the whole piece. We're not the whole puzzle. Turn to somebody and say, you're not the whole puzzle. See, when, when we get that, now it, what it ought to do, most of the time, it will offend, oh, I'm not the whole thing? No. But what it ought to do is free us to operate and do what we're called to do in the time that we're called to do it. I'm allotted a time on earth. That's my time to fulfill what God's called me to do. I have to operate in that. And if I adequately understand God's timing, then I understand I wasn't born too early and I wasn't born too late. I was born just in time. You know, the Bible even says about Jesus, when the fullness of time was coming, Ephesians, Christ came. 
He didn't come too early. He didn't come too late. Listen, now I was born in America. That doesn't make me special. You were born in Sierra de Lone. That doesn't make you special. Some of you born here in, in Ghana, that doesn't make you special, or Nigeria, or wherever you were born, it don't make you special. That's the place God planted you. Man, and, and sometimes you say, well, I wish I could be there, or I wish I could be there, or I wish I could be there. We, instead of saying, God, thank you for where I'm at in the time that I'm there. Because if I'm always looking to be somewhere else, if I'm always looking to do something else than what God's called me to do, I will never rightly understand His time. Because His time will never operate within my schedule. I have found God so many times to just interrupt my schedule. And, you know, it ain't my... It, I, God, I don't have time. Really? You don't have time to do what God wants you to do, when He wants you to do it, how He wants you to do it. Where we should be and should be doing is what I heard y'all doing out here a while ago, praying. Because when you pray, that's when you get close to God. When you get close to God, that's when you're going to begin to discern God and discern His timing. See, that word discernment is real simple. The Webster defines it as simple, having good judgment. Everybody say good judgment. Sometimes I think we're void of good judgment. How many pastors do we have here today? If you're a pastor, raise your hand. I've always got this little thing I've always wanted to do. Not show up one Sunday morning. And not tell nobody. Anybody ever thought about that? Because we go to church on Sunday morning and people that are supposed to be there aren't there. Well, well, what would they do if I didn't show up? You know what I heard God speak to me? What makes you think you're so special? Hello. See, we get these, these things in our, in our, in our emotions. And you know what? That's even a form of ma manipulation. We'll try to be honest with me. Because that's the only thing we can be, right? How many of you, you got to be honest, as pastors, I'm going to speak specifically to that gift and the role of the pastor now for a few seconds, have tried to manipulate people to come to church? We get some big known, well-named preacher to come, hoping that that will draw people. We get somebody that knows how to prophesy. Oh, we get a prophet to come. Well, and people don't show up. You know why people don't show up when the prophet comes? They don't want their sin to be exposed. Hello. But because, see, most of the people that go around prophesying ain't really prophets. They just want to give you a good word to get your money. That's called manipulation, folks. Religion is so full of manipulation. Now, I believe in prophesying. But man, I've heard some prophets. I know some real prophets. You're in sin. Repent and sin no more. Nobody wants to hear that. Bless me. Bless me. Bless me. 
See, but as long as we live in that arena, as long as we allow our mind to operate like that, we will never, ever, ever, ever discern God's time. Sometimes God may just want us to have prayer. Sometimes God may want us to speak. You know, how many of you have ever been out somewhere and God says, go speak to that person? I remember up in, in, in Syracuse, New York, at Owens Restaurant with Joe and Rachel Donito, with Joe Donito. I walk in, there's a lady and a friend, one of her friend, late two ladies sitting at a, at, a, at a table at the restaurant. God said, go tell her she has a ministry in shoes. Well, that don't even make sense. Ministry in shoes, what are you talking about, God? So I just went over there without thinking about it because if I thought about it, I wouldn't have done it. And I just went over there and said, God said you had a ministry in shoes. She said, I ain't got a clue what you're talking about. I said, okay. I walked back to the table. Pastor Joe, my friend, said, Joe, you messed that one, didn't you? And I said, yeah, I guess I did. Boy, I feel, I feel stupid. Man. Well, a year later, back preaching for Joe, going to that same restaurant. I'd forgotten about it, but the same lady came, comes to my table while I'm eating. Said, do you remember me? I said, not really. She said, do you remember you gave me a prophetic word a year ago? I said, oh yeah, I'm sorry. She said, no, don't be, because now I am shipping thousands of shoes out everywhere around the world for people who don't have shoes. God's timing. See, first of all, God's timing not going to always fit your time clock. Second of all, God's timing may not fit what you think it ought to be. See, we, we got this all laid out, us religious folks. Do y'all have religion here in Africa? Boy, you're getting quiet on me, so that means you must have. A spirit of religion, it's demonic. It helps, it calls us to bypass God's timing because it may not fit with what we want to do. When, do, when, I'm, when am I supposed to quit? You, you make sure I quit when I'm supposed to. I'm under, under subjection here, so you've got you to gotta help me. I want to talk about four things, four keys, if you're taking notes, that are going to help you to make good judgment and discerning God's time for your life. I believe God wants to bring revival to all the nations of the earth. I believe there are many countries. I believe there are many nations, but I believe there's one kingdom. Everybody say one kingdom. And if you're born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, who came to earth by the Virgin Mary, who, was, uh, who died and was buried, there's no other name under heaven whereby a man can be saved except Jesus Christ. You're part of that kingdom. There, there is no special people groups. You know, we, there's no white supremacy. There's no black supremacy. There's no brown supremacy. There's no Asian supremacy. The only supremacy on this world is kingdom. Period. Everybody say period. period. So it, don't make no, it makes no difference who we are or where we live. If we're doing what God called us to do. Where we live, and God sent us there. I don't know if anybody here knows a man by the name of Joseph Garlington. A great uh, man of God in, in the United States. 
he was preaching for us and he called my wife and I out because we'd invite him to preach and, and we love him. And he said, Eddie, you and Joyce come stand here because I've got a word for you. He said, you wasn't God's first choice. Well, that kind of messes your theology up. I mean, you mean, I'm here and, and God I, didn't choose me first? Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? You realize you may be doing what God called you to do and you're not the first one he chose to do it. They just didn't obey. And matter of fact, Joseph looked at Joyce and I and said, you're not God's second choice. Boy, that's really hurting my feelings now. God chose somebody before. He liked somebody better than me. Oh, can I tell you God loves everybody unconditionally? God loves, I'm going to drop a bombshell on you. He loves Hitler just as much as he loved me and you. He loved Osama bin Laden just as much as he loves me and you. His love is unconditional. Heaven has conditions. But his love is unconditional. See, we have to respond to that love. If we don't respond to that love, then we can't operate in that love. But once we respond to that love, all of a sudden it ought to make a difference in our life. We're not more important than anybody else. I get so tired. I go to, through my lifetime of 50 years in the ministry, I've been to a lot of conferences. I've been a part of a lot of conferences. And I always watch these guys that apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I believe in the role. I am one of them. So I can talk... You're here, you're leader, so I'm talking to you. It's amazing how they walk around. Come on. I get tired of that. Kiss my ring. Hello. Y'all know, know what I'm talking about? See, that's religion. No, if you're a, a five-fold minister, do you know what that means? You're going to work your honey off. You know what a honey is? Right there, you're going to work it off. That means you're there to serve. You're not there just to be served. You're there to serve. Hello. We've got to be servers. The Bible said the greatest in the kingdom is who? The one who serves. We ought to be knocking the door down to see who can serve each other the most instead of wanting to be served by somebody else. See, but we... If we don't understand this, we'll never get God's timing. Because we'll be so conserved in the politics of religion that we won't hear God and what He's wanting to do in our life. Politics is in our nation, but it should never be in the church. Why? Because the kingdom already has been set. There is a king in the kingdom. I ain't it and you ain't it. The king in the kingdom, his name is Jesus Christ. Ashur, Amashiach. He's the king. And he already has the constitution of the kingdom written out. And you have to live by it, do it. And if you don't, then you're not going to discern his time. And that's important. Four keys. And they're all going to come under the heading of Revelation. Revelation is, is a sweet thing because it, Revelation helps us to discern our time. I tell our people all the time, the devil would like to make Revelation seem like condemnation. 
Do you know why the devil wants revelation to seem like condemnation? Because people don't do well with condemnation. And that's good, they shouldn't. Because Paul tells us in Rome, in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But if the devil can cause me to feel condemnation when I get an element of revelation, then I won't receive the truth, and that's the only thing that can set me free. Right? Is that what the Bible says? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And that's important that we get this deep inside our spirit. So if we're going to learn God's timing, learn to discern the timing of God, not only for our life, for our family, I am the patriarch of my house, Eddie Mitchell. I, my wife and I have two sons. They're part of my lineage. Their wives become my daughters. They're part of my lineage. Their children are my children. Matter of fact, when I talk to my grandsons, I call them son of my son. How's the son of my son doing today? Why? They're part of my lineage. I'm the patriarch of my household. Do you know a righteous man's prayer is heard by God and honored by God to a thousand generations? You want to discern some timing? You, go, you start, when I, when I came across that element of truth, I don't have a problem praying anymore because my prayer today that I prayed this morning at 4.30 this morning is going to go to a thousand generations, a thousand years. It ain't going to stop. God's going to honor it. So if I understand then, if I get that discernment, then I can discern every day God's timing in my life. August the 8th, 2018, is God's timing. You that are here this morning are the ones that God sent here this morning. Those that are here for this week, what you're going to learn and, and, and walk away with will help. It'll be, it won't be the whole piece of your puzzle. It'll be just a part of your puzzle. But it will help you to discern where you're at and what God wants you to do in your life. It'll help you take your nation. Right now, when, when God told us to go to Montgomery, he said, I want to build a kingdom church. Right now, in, at home, right now, well, at 9 o'clock this morning at home, they will be meeting at the state house. That's where our state legislators meet. We do it every Wednesday from 9 to 1030, and we pray. They've given us a room to pray in. That's God's timing. Men have tried to do that for 200 years. Alabama next year will be 200 years old. They've tried to do it for 200 years. It hadn't happened. But guess what? God's timing. God's timing. In September the 27th, 28th, and 29th, we're having 50 hours of worship on the Capitol lawn. Men have tried to do it before. Didn't happen. God's timing. See, where you're at, where you are at, where you are at is where God's planted you. And it's God's timing to discern what He wants to do where you're at. Don't be afraid to be the man or the woman that God wants. Now, I'm going to share some things with you that you're going to say, well, I know that. 
Well, if you've been in the ministry any length of time, there's probably not, nothing that anybody's going to share that you don't already know. But it's okay, because what it's going to do, it's going to enlighten you and encourage you. Turn to somebody and say, get encouraged this week. Matthew 16, 16 through 17, and I like the amplified version, but whatever it is, you can read whatever you want. Everybody knows this verse. Simon Peter replied, now this is where Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Some said, John the Baptist, Jeremiah, Elias, one of the prophets. He said, but whom do you say that I am? Now here, here, here we go in verse 16. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed the son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, blessed, and I love how they go ahead and define that blessed here, happy, spiritually secure, favored by God. Can I say that one more time? When you bless somebody, you're saying you ought to be happy. Spiritually secure. I don't have to worry about going to hell no more. And I'm not getting into doctrine because of Jesus. If I stay in Jesus, Jesus stays in me. I'm okay. Favored by God are you, Simon. Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood, mortal man, did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. He revealed it to you. See, if you don't get this revelation to discern timing, you're always going to be a day late and a dollar short. Now, how many of you ever felt that way? Man, if I could have been here yesterday, I'd have been the first instead of last. You get it. Then 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 2. Now, about food, sacrifice to idols, we know that we all have knowledge concerning this. Knowledge alone makes people self-righteous. See, if you're trying to discern timing with your knowledge, you become self-righteous. Because that's what knowledge is. More people operate out of knowledge, and I ain't talking about the spirit of knowledge, I'm talking about out of knowledge. We spend more time getting a doctorate degree instead of spending more time getting a spiritual degree. Just saying. Because that makes people self-righteous, arrogant. But love that unselfishly seeks the best for others builds up, encourages others to grow in wisdom. If anyone imagined that he knows and understands anything of divine matters and doesn't have love with it, he has not yet known as he ought to know. So that's very important as we're seeking God's timing. See, and, and it's amazing, a lot of times we get in this five-fold ministry, we get into shepherding. And what I mean by that, we want to begin to dictate to people how they ought to live. They have to obey us. I'm the apostle. Got to do what I say. Guys, do you do that to your wife? How well does it work? Yeah. Don't work very well. My wife's a German Jew. I promise you. I'm Scott Irish, she's German Jew. And, and I got my opinion, she got her opinion. 
And I, you know what I've learned? Let her have her opinion. It's taken most of our marriage years of 49 years for me to learn that. But I, go ahead, babe, have your opinion. See, we need to understand that what we do with each other has got to be done with love because our, if we don't, we'll miss the timing that God has for us. And it's important that we understand God is going to operate in our life through revelation. Peter said, I, I, I know, I know who you are, Simon. Who do you say I am? I know who you are, you're the son of God. Well, how did he know that? Not by knowledge. Boy, and that's amazing, why? Because he's seen Jesus do all these miracles. Isn't it amazing? Us charismatics, Pentecostals, evangelicals, we want to see miracles. I believe in miracles. I get to that, either, not, if not today, the next time I speak. But listen, I believe in miracles. But we should not operate in, in, in the knowledge of miracles. We should operate in the knowledge of spirit to know that God said he'll do it. Listen, I have been sick and I have prayed and I have not got healed. But I never doubted that God's a healer. I know when I sin and I mess up, God forgives me. My emotions don't always feel like they're forgiven, but there's not a doubt in my mind I'm forgiven. Why? He said, ask. See, that brings us into another. We're deserting time by our emotion. My wife and I have been married November be 49 years. I like to tell you, and I, she knows I'm, I talk this way, because we got a good understanding here. We didn't always have it, but we got it now. I like to tell you that we've always had a perfect, beautiful, wonderful, loving, awesome marriage. That's what I would like to tell you. But if I told you that, I'd be lying. And I think, and I've never met with anybody that had one. My mom and dad just celebrated their. 71st anniversary, they're still living, still, my dad still preaches, and, and he said he's never found a perfect marriage. Well, you're, you're learning to be. See, but we judge marriage just like we judge timing. We judge it with our emotions. If it feels right, it's got to be right if it feels right. But just because it feels right don't make it right. When I was a sinner out sinning, it felt right. Matter of fact, sinning felt good. Somebody said, well, do you think sinning was good? Hey, people wouldn't sin if it wasn't good. It's fun. People like sinning because it's emotionally satisfying. But now you're saved. You ought to live like you're saved. You ought to talk like you're saved, act like you're saved. And that means you're going to hold your emotions in check because my emotions can lead me astray. But can I tell you, the Spirit of God will never lead me astray. I've talked to pastors who get ready to throw their life away because they found some other young woman. Hello. And they say, but it feels right. I don't care what it feels. It ain't right. God don't, God's not pleased with it. 
See, we, gotta, we have to understand in the, in, in the kingdom of God, we have to have the integrity of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will give us the ability. We will never discern our time. We, we'll discern this is our time, and it ain't our time. I tell young men getting ready to go into ministry all the time. Probably every one of you got people sitting out there in your congregation. They want to go off and start a church. And they won't wait till the timing is right. And I can talk a lot about that because I've planted a lot of men in ministry. But see, if they wait to the right timing where they're sent and not went. When you went, you're by yourself. When you sent, you got an army behind you. When you're planted, it's okay. And you're not potted. But you got to discern the timing. So the timing is that we have to have the revelation of God. If we don't have the revelation of God, then we're in a heap of trouble. Now what's, what's the first key to the revelation that we have to have? Here it is, John 6, 44, 45. If you're taking notes, you have to have the revelation of the Father. It's amazing how we take God so easy. We don't really stop and think about who He is, Father. Now we know that in the Godhead is made up of three personalities, for lack of a better word, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? But if we don't discern the Father and all that, even Jesus said, I do not give you my words, I give you the words that my Father gave me to give to you. He said, I refuse. Just, now listen to what Jesus said. I refuse to speak anything other than what the Father is saying. He understood his timing of the Father was to speak what the Father said. So if we can get this revelation above any other, John 6, 44, 45, no one can come to me. Listen, this is what Jesus said. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, living, giving him the desire to come to me, and I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will be taught of God, our Father, Everyone who has listened to and learned from the Father will come to me. So the Father still has an active role in our life. Jesus says in another place that the Holy Spirit draws us. So we've come to God. We, I hope if you're here and you're in the ministry that you know, you've got a call from God and not a call from man. So if you, you're here because you've got a call from God, then you're going to have to discern what God wants you to do. Remember, if I can get across to anybody, I'm 70. If I can get across to anybody, everybody repeat with me. Say this after me. Time, Time. Is, on my side. is on my side. It really is, folks. You have all the time you need if you obey God. If you're walking in obedience, if you have the revelation of who Father really is. See, we, we call him God. Many religions call their, their, their who they worship God. But we, we'll call him uh, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. He's not Allah. He's Yahweh. Now, I don't know if, how it is in Kenya or Ghana or Nigeria. In America, we got this group coming out of religious circles. There are many paths to God. Do y'all have to deal with that? No, there's not many paths 
There might be many gods out there, but there's only one God, true God, Yahweh. There are not many ways to Yahweh. There's only one way to Yahweh. There's no other name under heaven. No other name under heaven. Everybody say that with me. No other name under heaven where a man can be saved, or a woman, except through Christ Jesus. Period. There's not... There's only one Jesus. There's not multiple Jesus. One Jesus. One Lord. One baptism. One body. That's why there's one kingdom. So everyone then has, that has learned of the Father has learned of Jesus Christ. So all of a sudden now, we're discerning our time. How are we going to discern our time? Because I have a relationship with the Father. See now, I do something every day. I haven't always done this because I didn't know, but I got revelation that I understand fathers also judge. Heaven is a legal courtroom. God's already got the, the ruling in everybody's life in the book called the Bible. So I can go boldly, what? What did David say? Enter his gates with and into his courts. So now I go into his courts, I have a right to talk to the Supreme Judge. Last year in our conference in, in Alabama, we had two judges that were there, legal judges. One will probably be the Chief, Chief Justice for Alabama come November. We had another lady that's, that was a, a county judge. We had a young man that just got out of jail by miracle. You know what these judges did? They laid hands on him and prayed for him. You know what they asked him to do? Lay hands on us and pray for us. See, there's that legal realm that we have the power to operate in. So now I know that my father is my judge. And I know my judge is going to carry out my assignment if I know how to pray. If I speak to my father, I can begin to decree and declare what Jesus said that I could decree and declare. And because I've discerned my moment. Listen, something else that Joseph Garlington told me and my wife. You can go anywhere you want to go. But the anointing is going to go where God sends it. And if God sends you to Alabama, you better be in Alabama. If God sends you to Sierra Leone, you better be there. Or Nigeria, or Ghana, wherever, Colorado, wherever. You got to go. Haiti, you got to go where God sends you. That's what you got to deserve. It's not hard. We make it hard sometimes. Then we got to discern the Holy Spirit. You know, God's got to get... It, it, Father... God, now he's a judge, but he's also a father. But you know, he's got to get, he's got to laugh at us sometimes. I know he's got to laugh at me sometimes. I can be pretty, I can be pretty stupid with God. So you may ever feel like you're stupid with God. I mean, I, you know. And God just come back and I asked him something. He said, well, what do you think? We was talking about this on the way over today in the van. There's things that happened to me year ago, I still, years ago. I still bring up to God. God said, man, I thought we already had this settled a long time ago. Why do you keep bringing it up? This is already settled. Why? How many of you still got things you're bringing up to God that's already been settled? Somebody done you wrong. You want to keep bringing it up. Bringing it up. You said you forgave them. Why do you keep bringing it up? 
See, when, and, and when you discern the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, then you're going to be able to understand that the Holy Spirit will really lead me into forgiveness. So that I, because if I got unforgiveness, I can't operate in my time. I can't discern the timing of Almighty God if there's unforgiveness in my life. There's only one thing that will keep God from hearing you. Unforgiveness. Period. Nothing else. And the devil still uses that. He uses it with, with racism. I tell our people, our, our, our church, and I, if I offend somebody, y'all forgive me. Because I'm not uh, Ghanese. Did I say that right? Ghanadian? Ghanaya. Okay. Ghanian. Thank you. And it's not big. And, 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 listen, I have a problem with English, so don't worry about it. I'm not being offensive, but our church is 80% black. I'm a white man. Wow. You say, well, what does that have to do with things? Because in Alabama, that has a lot to do with things. You know what I tell our people all the time? I don't have a right to be white. And you don't have a right to be black. Because you know why? We're kingdom citizens. So all that I am is a kingdom, citizen, period. Has nothing to do with color. But see, politics wants to make it about color. Politics want to make it about your financial status. God doesn't ask you your color. He doesn't ask you your, how, what you make and how much money you got in your bank account. He just draws you to him and you accept him. Now, all of a sudden, we're brothers and sisters. Go ahead, give the Lord a hand. Period. We got enough stuff trying to divide us when we have the Holy Spirit in us. He's going to show us the truth. I love this verse of scripture found in John 14, 16, 17. And I will ask the Father, who is, who is I? This is Jesus praying. Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, strengthener, stand by. Somebody's going to stand by me to be with you for how long? Forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. People that are not part of the kingdom can't get this. They still operating their fears. They still operate in their culture. Listen, there's only one culture. It's called the kingdom culture. We don't have a right to enforce or be a part of any other culture. When I got saved, I remember the day, April the 3rd, 1969, in Amarillo, Texas, I gave my heart to Jesus. I signed up for him. I become part of the kingdom culture, so I don't have a right anymore to be anything. I don't have a right to be Scott-Irish. My wife doesn't have a right to be German Jew. You don't have a right to be Ghanaian. You don't have a right to be from C, to be C or uh, what? Do you, what? Okay, yeah, just what he said. You don't have a right to be Nigerian. I can say that one. Or Kenyan. No, you're part of the kingdom of God now. The only right you have to be kingdom citizen. And you know, and to be a part of the kingdom citizen, you have to love me. I have to love you. We have to love each other. That's so vital for us to get that inside our spirit. But the only way I can love you is through the Holy Spirit. Operating. Jesus said, it is important. I go away. If 
I go not away, the Comforter will not come. But if I go, I will send another, and he will abide with you forever. So you're my brother, you're my sister. My wife and I, she turned, it was her birthday Saturday. So we went down to this little place downtown Montgomery that has a live band, and we sat there just eating. She wanted to go there, listen to a band play. We walked by this table, and this guy said, would y'all sit at my table? Never met him. Never met him? We said, well, sure. And we began to talk Jesus. Found out he was a kingdom citizen. Made no difference where he lived from, where he came from. Now he's a kingdom citizen. I'm a kingdom citizen. See? So kingdom citizens, when you meet people, you just, if they're kingdom citizens, you're automatically, you know who they are. And they'll know who you are. So we're friends. Now, we, we, we can't take advantage of each other, right? We have to love each other. Number three, what, quarter till? When did I push stop? When did I push stop? Now? When, huh? This session, when did I stop? 11? Oh, okay. Good. Wow. Another way, okay, you got revelation through the Father. This is going to help you discern. You're going to have revelation through the Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of truth. He's going to teach you truth. In other words, the Holy Spirit's going to teach you something that you probably don't like. Right? Everybody shake your head yes. He'll teach you something that you, you may not, well, I don't really like that. I, let me give you an example of that. We've had some people through the years leave our church. They were angry when they left. I knew they shouldn't leave, but they left. Pastors, have you ever had that to happen? Yes. Yeah. So I'm at another church just visiting, me and, me and our uh, administrator of ministries, and his wife and my wife, and we just went there to enjoy this guy from Wales preach. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. A friend had invited me. And all of a sudden, he stopped preaching, and he comes over, and he said, I don't know who you are, but God said, some of those who left you are coming back. Now, you know what my first response is? I don't want them back. They left me. Come on, guys, ladies. Is that true? I don't want them back. They left me. Why would I want them back? Yeah. And God said, you better take them back. So we, I mean, I prayed for weeks about this. I said, okay, God, I'll take them back, but I ain't going to use them. Oh, God says, you mean you won't drink from their well? No, I know who they are. <clears throat> he said, I know who you are. <laughs> Do you think your old flesh always looks so good people want to drink from your well? That's what forgiveness is all about. We can discern it. We can begin to say, this is timely. They're going to come back at the right time. Matter of fact, in just a few weeks, one person came back. Another few weeks, another person came back. And I just say, oh, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> See, the body of Christ can learn to forgive. I mean, we have people that hurt us. We all have people that hurt us deeply. But now, listen, we get this revelation through under discerning the Father. So we can know what time we're in. We get this revelation through the Holy Spirit. So we can heal the wounds and he'll give us the truth. And then we get revelation through preaching. Now we've got to be careful what kind of preaching we're listening to. 
And as preachers, we got to be careful what kind of preaching we're doing. I mean, one time one church we pastored, I had a man there that I was mad at. Anybody, anybody in your church you're mad at? And I picked out a sermon just for him. I know none of y'all have ever done that. I mean, uh-huh, I, oh yeah, that, that fit him just good. I got ready to step to the pulpit and, and Holy Spirit stopped me dead in my track and shouted in my ear. <laughs> shouted, and he said, the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I said, everybody standing praying. I got away from the pulpit. And I had to repent. Now, you know, God let me preach that same word that I had, but I preached it with a different heart than what I had. See, so we got to be careful how we deliver the word because we're, we're going to be leading people, guiding people. People are going to be listening to us, and we better make sure we're giving them God's word and not our word. We better make sure we're giving God's ideal and not our ideal. We better make sure we're giving them God's ideal and not our denomination's ideal. Hello. See, that's important. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 4, 5, and 6. But we do not preach ourselves. Oh, that's a novelty, isn't it? We do not preach ourselves. Everybody say, it ain't about me. But we preach Jesus Christ as Lord. And ourselves merely as your bond servants for Jesus Christ. Woo. Now, if you get what Paul's saying, he said, I'm not only a bondservant to Christ, but I'm your bondservant. How many of you apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers feel like you're a bondservant to your congregation? Oh, you got quiet on me there. And I ain't got time to expound on that, but study it out. See, I get revelation. I can get revelation to some of time when I, when sometimes I preach to myself. Matter of fact, do you ever find what attracts you to a sermon spiritually is usually what God's trying to tell you. Now, do you think that other people in your congregation that are not like you are not going through the same garbage you are? But sometimes we think we're so much better, we can't, we can't, we, we, I ain't got no garbage in my life. When's the last time you look in the mirror? Yeah, your breath don't stink either in the morning, does it? No condemnation. Revelation. Everybody say, no condemnation. Revelation. See, we need to understand that we, we, we are human. So we have to become bond servants for Christ Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our heart to give us the knowledge of the glory and the majesty of God clearly revealed in the face of Christ. So we get revelation and discerning when we preach. Now if we... If, but, mm. Hardest thing for preachers to do is not listen to other preachers. Thank you. Wow. There's times I've gone to church and hear the preacher preach. Boy, I got a word. I wish I could preach. And God said, "You just sit down and shut up. You ain't got nothing." Hello. Maybe you're not like me. Maybe I'm a little different than everybody. Matter of fact, the wise man said in Ecclesiastes, he said, when you go to the house of God, you better be careful that you don't offer sacrifices that are wrong and go there to listen. Hello? 
See, so we've got to put ourselves in a position to hear preachers preach and other than ourselves. When we do conferences at home like y'all do here, we bring in people that are not part of our organization to preach. Why? We need a voice outside of us. That's why you bring somebody into your pulpit to preach. Because they can bring another voice. Not another doctrine. You got to be careful there. But another voice. Because everybody has a different way of communicating and saying. And once they communicate one way, a new fresh vision opens up. Or an understanding of the vision that we have opens up. Because I heard that. So we have to be open to receive from God. Last but not least, we're going to get this revelation to discern the timing of God through miracles. <clears throat> I gave you the story of the lady with shoes. That's a miracle to me. Now, the miracle to me was not for the lady, but for me that I obey God. So I discern God's timing. So the next time God has told me to do something that sounds stupid, I know it may not even manifest then, but it will manifest. See, Why? I got a record. I got a record. Wow. I got a record. Hey, I've been in a restaurant one time before, and God, matter of fact, God told me to go tell this man something sitting over there, him and his wife and his father-in-law. I didn't know at the time, I didn't know it was his wife or father-in-law. But they were sitting there and God said, go tell him such and such. And I, I, I ain't going to do that, God. My wife said, you got something to tell him, don't you? How do you know? She was talking about something altogether different, but God used it. And I went over there. I said, y'all go on. And I went over and kneeled down at the table. And I said, are y'all Christians? <laughs> you know, I wanted to make sure that at least they understood what I was talking about. And they said, yes. I said, well, I'm a pastor. And I said, God, sir, God told me to tell you, you're about to make a decision that's going to destroy your life. That ain't one of those good words, is it? Do you know what I'm talking about? And his wife turned and looked at her, him. His eyes got big. Don't you tell him no. You know you know what he's talking about. Right there at Cracker Barrel. Wow. I got miracles. Listen, I got a history so that I understand when God's timing said do this or do that. I know God's going to do it. You're not only going to be a leader in the Christian community, you'll be a leader in your nation. Do you hear me? That's the word of the Lord. See, we have, to, we have to understand, God, why do we have miracles? Oh, so we can feel good? No, thank God for feeling good. Listen, I like, I'm an emotional person. I like feeling emotions. But sometimes I get up and shout when I don't feel like shouting. Why? Just to show the devil he's a liar. I get loud sometimes just, just to be loud. I ain't afraid of the devil. And I know my loudness don't scare him, but when I, the word of God comes out of my mouth with my loudness, let me tell you, he'll run in fear. Because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. 
Do you understand you have the authority? So not only do you have the revelation of the Father and the Holy Spirit, but through the preaching of God's Word. Now, listen to this, Matthew 9, 5 through 6. For which is he should say? Your sins are forgiven and the penalty paid. Or to say, get up and walk. Both are possible for God. Both are impossible for man. But so that you may know, but so that you may know, everybody say that I may know that the Son of Man has authority and power on the earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the man that was paralegic, get up, pick up your stretcher and go home. When I was praying about this sermon, God told me to do this. How many of you are sick this morning? If you're sick, raise your hand. You're not feeling good. Anybody not feeling good in your body? Raise your hand. Everybody's feeling great. Okay. You have a record. What's the record you have? With his stripes, I am healed. He was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace is upon him. And with his stripes, I am healed. Put your hands over your heart, everybody. Heavenly Father, as we draw this opening session to a close, and give the service back to Apostle Bright. We declare right now, every man and woman, boy and girl that heard this word, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I declare that I have hearing ears, not only for this sermon, but all those that will follow. I declare today with my mouth that my heart is fertile and I'm eager to have importation to me. I am eager to learn so I can discern God's timing. Father, your timing in my life. Help me now and let the words that I receive let it bear fruit. And I'm going to be bold enough to ask you for a hundredfold increase in my heart so that I know my time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now come on, give the Lord a clap. Give the Lord a big hand. Come on. See how loud you can get for Jesus. For Jesus! Hallelujah!